0: Is it luck or is it hard work? And I think the true answer of every entrepreneur is both.
1: It's complicated, right? Hard work creates good luck, and both of them help your business grow. Today, we're talking with an entrepreneur who's worked really hard to launch a fashion brand for healthcare apparel. It's episode four of our season of entrepreneurship, and we're going to be talking about pick lines, hospital gowns, PPE, and more, including Oscar de la Renta. Let's do this. Welcome to Objects with Shapiro. I'm your host, John Joaquin. Our episode today is the most surprisingly fashionable episode to date. Our focus will be on how fashion and design thinking can help patients recover and live a more complete life while in treatment. Our main item will be pick lines and how they usually are held in place by socks. Our guest today is on a mission to replace tube socks on arms with better looking, better working sleeves that help patients live confidently. He was doing this to help friends and family who were dealing with this issue. And despite his ambition and urgency, he knew he was going to need some help.
0: And you can't be afraid to say, OK, OK hey, I don't know everything. I need your help to come up with a better solution.
1: That's our guest. His name is Chat Razdan, who's the co-founder and CEO of Karenware, an innovative healthcare brand. They design and build a variety of healthcare fashion products for patients dealing with a lot of special needs. You're going to hear a lot from Chat in a minute. But before that, I need to call Maria, my product expert. There's something about this story I want to ask about. I'm so sorry. This will just take a second.
2: This is
1: Maria. Hi, Maria. It's been too long. How are you?
2: Hi, John. I miss you. Are you calling about carrying
1: Yeah, I'm about to talk to chat, but I wanted to ask you something first before I interview him. He founded this company without any previous experience in fashion or factory orders. One of the things he mentioned is that it took a long time to get his first prototype made from the factory. Is that normal?
2: Oh, yeah, Jan. Yeah. The first prototype usually takes about a year to build. The design and refinement process and the first factory orders take way longer than a lot of new entrepreneurs might expect. Sometimes it takes much longer than a year.
1: All right, but does that mean it's a bad idea or not worth doing?
2: It doesn't mean that the idea is bad. It actually means that the idea is great because you're working on something that the manufacturers are not used to making because it doesn't exist. When you're making something new and different, it takes a long time to get the details right. First, you get the supplier to make your prototypes as you envision it. Then you have to test the product with real users to see if it meets their needs. You collect their feedback, improve your design, and do it all over again. When starting a business, your plan should include at least a year for the first prototype and user testing to get it right, so you're prepared to deal with the unexpected issues. Like what? Like bad feedback during user testing. That's part of the journey. Oftentimes, I had to start the product design all over again from scratch. And those tend to be the best products at the end because you listen to the customer and you design around their needs. So don't get discouraged if the first test gets bad feedback. That can be
1: a blessing. Oh, oh, I get it. Careware is so successful because they tested all of their products so deeply. This is great. Maria, you are the best. I can't wait to find out how Chat turned his mission into a business and what he's going to do next. Speaking of that, why are you still listening to me talk about what he did when we can hear directly from Chat? Chat Razdan, the mic is yours.
0: And a little more than seven years ago, I had friends and family diagnosed with cancer, told to wear socks over what's called a PECC line. A pick line is an IV tube. It goes in your arm, it connects to your heart, and you use it as a way to get intravenous Medication or nutrition into your body over an elongated period of time, and so I saw people wearing socks on my on their arms, and just thought, this really stinks. There's got to be something better. My mom's an anesthesiologist, uh, retired, and the day that I mentioned to her that I wanted to create a better sock was the day that she happened to be going to her old hospital to listen to a talk by a then Hopkins oncologist who happened to deal with pickles, And so just it was quite fortuitous that I told her about the idea that day. And she went up to him after and was like, Hey, my son just told me about this. What do you think? And his immediate comment was, Oh my God, here's my cell phone number. You need to have him call me. Kind of got that same excitement when talking to the team at UVA. I am, I guess, an obsessed alum. is probably an understatement, but was talking with the comm school, with the McIntyre School of Commerce, where I graduated about the idea. And they were like, oh, let's let us run by UVA Health and told it to them. And the head of the cancer center was very similar response of, hey, you need to talk to me immediately. And she became one of our first advisors as well. And so then it was working with the nursing teams from both hospitals. And I think one really important thing for me, I kind of, in general, always know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. If anything, I probably err on the side of guessing that I'm not good at it. And I knew that fashion and design were not my core components and not part of my original DNA, I guess, but knew I was really good at getting the right people in a room. And so started getting... A bunch of people in the room together, and that is what has now become our three-pronged approach to the development of each and every one of our products. So, first and foremost, we always work with clinicians, and I think that's super important when you think about building a product for someone in the healthcare space. You need to make sure that your products are medically superior, and so always working with nurses and doctors to design and develop each and every one of our products. User in the room for so long. Solutions have been designed without really thinking about how you would think, how you would feel about it. When I was a child, I had tubes, in my, uh, operations to get tubes in my ears three times, and I still remember being terrified, knowing that I was going to co- go under, I was going to wake up in a ton of pain, and since I wasn't getting my tonsils removed, I wasn't even going to get ice cream at the end of the operation, and remember just being terrified that I'm going to be putting on a quote unquote dress, which was the patient gown with my backside exposed and just how much I didn't want to have my backside exposed in the hospital. And so today, it's super important to have the end users involved in the design process so that we can avoid having backsides exposed in the hospital. And then finally, is bringing in a fashion and design and manufacturing standpoint. So thinking, how do you scale this? When we started, when I came up with the idea of a pick line cover our quote unquote greatest competitors, if you will, were grandmothers knitting basically a sock and selling it on Etsy. Now, these are grandmothers that are obviously cutting edge grandmothers because they're using Etsy and they know what it is. But nonetheless, it's trying to figure out okay, how do you take that process and scale that up and make it with a factory? And how do you get other brands involved? We've been really fortunate to work with amazing brands like Oscar De La Renta. We actually taught a class at Parsons School of Design to redesign the patient gown and then kind of even getting to work with amazing foundations like March Dimes as the first and only brand to co-create and co-brand a product with their amazing organization. I still remember our first customer ever um, was this girl that's doing amazing things in the music industry. We actually were able to help a collegiate runner continue her running career which was terrifying at the time because we had tested it in an active setting, but we hadn't thoroughly tested it in an NCAA Division One setting. And so just being upfront with her and her doctor that, hey, you're going to be our first actual user here. And if anything happens, immediately stop using it and just being in constant communication to actually allowing a high school senior go to her senior prom I still remember she had, a, she had wanted to wear a sleeveless dress and being able to let her go to prom and not have the focus be on her arm, but rather the focus be on the fact that you're at your senior prom is kind of what inspires us every day. And as our team has grown, I think the stories have grown and we've been really fortunate to help amazing people. And everyone on our team has a personal story too for why they're here.
1: Can't you just feel that? They are so committed to this mission, and their customers are thriving from it. Chat's story got me thinking a lot about how he set up his business, so I called him up for a proper chat. So, Chat, your origin story is really interesting to me. Um, you have a history with other startups. What made Karenware different from those startups?
0: Yeah, um, it's a great question, John. And I think what made it different is the the personal story behind it and the not thinking that this was a job, but rather something that I absolutely had to do. And I go back to, I actually have had lots of great ideas in business school. Um, I created an app that allowed you to open and close your bar and restaurant tab from your phone. I've always been interested in figuring out how to eliminate lines in general and um, A few years ago, I was playing around with trying to create an app that would tell you how long of a lunch line there is at a fast, at a quick service, at QSR, a quick service restaurant to try and figure out, okay, do I want to wait for 45 minutes at Chipotle or should I just go to Pop Belly right next door to that? Um, But at the end of the day, selling into bars and restaurants wasn't something that was going to get me out of bed after I've only slept an hour or two. And uh, for Karenware, it's been different from the get-go. Uh, when I started it, I still had another job, but I found myself being more and more drawn to trying to find out how we could help our loved ones and what we could do with clinicians and patients together to create that better product. And I think that's what has really driven me with Not necessarily having a plan in the early days, but just doing whatever I could to to help my loved ones.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So to kind of build on that, um, Mm -hmm. how serious were you about that initial um, vision or that that idea for your business?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I became pretty serious pretty quickly. So I had the idea in February of 2014. And over the next couple of months, I started uh, researching as much as possible. I started contacting factories. I spoke with foundations. I actually had both the American Cancer Society and the Tyler Robinson Foundation, which is the Imagine Dragons Foundation to fight cancer both on board as partners before I even had a product or even a prototype. It was, I created something on a paper napkin. Then I think that there were two big turning points. First was every nurse and doctor that I spoke to um, not only said, this is absolutely necessary, but we really want this and you need to build this today. Um, And then the second is, not only was I getting constant confirmation and reaffirmation from potential buyers, but we then got a break of uh, Katie Couric wanting to feature us on her TV show. And that kind of expedited things because um, she was going off the air off of ABC uh, in June and basically had openings only at the end of April. And so she was like, Hey, do you want to be on TV? And I was like, Hey, I, I actually can't be on TV right now. I, I have another job. Um, this isn't like, we don't have the full version out yet, etc." She's like, okay, I'll talk about it. But that way you at the least can tell everyone that you were on the Katie Couric show. If
1: those first conversations that you had with, you know, the doctors and the foundations were, let's say less enthusiastic, mm-hmm. do you think you would have pressed on or, or at least had the same Um, drive to press on?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I think uh, I'm a very competitive type A personality. So when I come up with an idea, I like to see it through. So I think I probably would have pressed on. I'm not sure it would have been as quick. Because I mean in the early days I had full access to both the Johns Hopkins and UVA pickline teams, for example. And if they weren't interested in the solution and weren't willing to help, I think I still would have built it, but it would have taken a lot longer to go through all the various iterations, the prototyping, et cetera. We ended up I created 12 uh, pro- different prototypes before launching the product, which, um, to go 12 versions before launching is really excessive, um, yeah. but it was just not really knowing um, what what would make it so special. And I remember the first prototype showing it to uh, the nursing teams and having them be like, yeah, this is great, but we would never use it. Um, and at the time, I had just created a sleeve with no sort of mesh window or anything. It was kind of like the uh, compression sleeve that LeBron James wears when he uh, is on the basketball court. Um, cool. looked super cool, but the functionality was missing. And that was a really important lesson for me to make sure that we're really taking to heart everything that the nurses and doctors are telling us.
1: Um, 12 iterations. At what point did uh, the, did you get that feedback that, you know, this is awesome, but I'm not going to, we can't use this. Yeah, it was. The 11th or 12th uh, prototype. That was the
0: first iteration. And it was, gosh, I think the first iteration took like six months to create. Um, And so I was kind of like, man, did I just waste six months of my life was the initial reaction. But then it was, no, we need to press on and I need to figure this out. And it was a burning motivation and desire Um, to do something even better and utilize the amazing feedback of our partners at those hospitals to create an even better pick line cover.
1: You said the first prototype um, took about a year and 12 iterations. Um, Can you break that year down for us a little bit? Um, You know, what was happening during that time?
0: Yeah, so I had quit my job uh, in May, um, so only three months after having the idea, so one iteration in, um, and spent the rest of that first year basically trying to get as much feedback as possible. So calling nurses, trying to understand the use cases of pick lines, trying to understand why people needed it, why you needed breathability, why you needed visibility. Um, one of the big things I saw, for example, is a pick line. Um, the dressing that you place over a pick actually requires air for it to function. And um, that was kind of why we needed to create a mesh window to allow for breathability. And then as I created that, I also learned how important it was to get visibility and to be able to see if there's any sort of leakage or infection. and Typically, for pickline patients, you see somewhere between a twelve to twenty-five percent uh, infection rate, which is pretty terrible when you think about things. Uh, and so, being able to try and limit that and um, try and get that way down was something that I was really focused on. It was also. Doing some of the smaller things that you don't really think about, but setting up all the legal legal documents, incorporation, structure, asking people to join on board as advisors, um, starting to talk to potential investors about what we were building and why. I thought that this was so important and then really starting to map out even more broadly, what is our brand going to be? What's our mission, vision? Are we going to be just a pick line company? Are we going to be broader? Um, And then actually ended up working with a branding agency uh, to start to develop our brand um, and kind of build out awareness and a go-to-market strategy as well. So it was it was a very busy, well, it felt like an incredibly busy first year. I've learned that that was probably the least busy years of all of them so far, because every year uh, is busier and you have even more to do. But um, it's been a really, really fun ride and we've got a long way to go.
1: Yeah, good problems to have sometimes. Yeah. What was the um, the hardest moment or the worst moment during that year? leading up to the final? Yeah,
0: I think the the worst moment was definitely, uh, it's a tie, actually. There's two. The the first worst moment was that first meeting where they were like, this is a great idea, but we would never buy it. Um, And then really thinking, okay, even if they're not going to buy it, let's try and understand why and dive deeper. And I think that goes to the point of always being willing to ask questions and just being... Not afraid to say, "Wow, how did I screw up? Like, what can I do better for next time?" And I think that that's so important. It's a great lesson that I've learned with other clients. That um, you know, they might say no initially, right? Especially in healthcare, most people don't say yes on your first okay. discussion. And working with them to figure out why they're saying no and what they want to see differently, and oftentimes. The answer is there's really nothing that they don't like. It's just a timing thing. And so being willing to ask that question was super important. And then I think the second time was actually a really important lesson when um, we actually had our first major dilemma where um, we had black PICC line covers and uh, kind of like a woolen sweater will pill off on you. Um, our black started peeling off on the bandage. And so I had two hospitals call um freaking out because black was getting all over the bandage and worrying about what we might be putting on arms um and i think that's where it was just super important to be radically transparent and communicative with um with uh, our partners and just say i don't know why this is happening i've tested it out we've had others test it out on their arms and this hasn't happened do you think maybe it's addressing um And we ended up realizing that it was just, hey, you need to wash your clothes before you get them. And when you go to a retail store and you buy something, you oftentimes will wash it before putting it on. And same thing here. And it's different because when you're selling it to a hospital, obviously, they're not going to go and put in the wash, they're just taking it out of the packaging and giving it to the end user. And so working with the hospitals, we were able to figure out that we just had to wash it at the factory and then package it. And so in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that big of a deal. But at the time, it was super scary. And especially in healthcare, you're always worried about what will this negative, what could lead, like what kind of negative repercussion could this lead to, right? And um, I always worry about what kind of impact could we have on a patient's life or end user's life. Um, Might this cause a bigger issue than anything we were trying to solve? And so really starting to plan out for those worst case scenarios and then troubleshoot directly with those that are experiencing it. Um, And I think the hospitals ended up Really appreciating that we were so transparent with them. Uh, one of them was the VA hospital, um, AVA hospital, and she has helped us uh, get our products in across the VAs. Um, and I think that's it's turning a, a negative into a really incredible positive.
1: Do you ever have a fear that the product was going to like fizzle out, or it's just not going to go anywhere?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't say no. If I didn't say yes, um, every founder, I think. Uh, experiences that when building uh, their own company. And I think as someone that built a company and grew very slowly in the early days and was really just trying to understand how to drive awareness, how to, how to build a product that people actually wanted um, definitely had lots of doubts. But at the end of the day, I kept going back to the feedback that one of my mentors had told me at Goldman uh, beforehand, when I talked to him about leaving to, To do this. And his comment was Worst case scenario, you spend a couple of years trying to help people. Is that really the worst thing in the world? And when he had said that, it was kind of an aha moment. And Yes, it's so right. And I think that every time I have a doubt, I think of our customers and how they are in situations where they're never giving up, right? Regardless of whether you're a patient or a clinician, and especially thinking about the last year and what people have had to go through with COVID, everyone's fighting on and everyone is uh, inspiring us daily to do even more. And I think that that's what has always driven me to say, we're not going to give up. We're going to solve this. We're going to figure out a way to drive awareness. We're going to figure out a way to get in front of people that want to help us build these products. And I think at the end of the day, everyone on our team now has a personal story. Everyone is really motivated to really change the world and transform how we think and how the world looks and feels about healthcare. Um, and we're really, really excited to be able to bridge function and fashion together to help those in need.
1: Your partnership with Oscar de la Renta is an example of that concept bearing fruit for you. Um, and Just to recap, you you attended an event that was extremely, you know, outside of in what we would, what I would assume is your normal day to day. I don't think you look at um, Karen Ware as being like a fashion icon, fashion house. Um, yeah. What the heck were you doing at Fashion Week kind of thing? Um, what, what are the the next thirty steps for you? So that those thinking thirty steps ahead brought you to Fashion Week somehow, and that was an, an incredible opportunity that was fruitful. Um, what are the next thirty steps like for you right now?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I think uh, when I think about fashion, uh, I think that I think it is. Um, Fashion historically for most people is thinking about a runway. And I kind of have a different definition of fashion where I think about who is wearing what and what we're wearing today, right? So like what you're wearing, what I'm wearing. And um, I think that that's just as much fashion as well. And I think that that's super important. And being able to work with icons like like a legendary brand like Oscar has been incredible and kind of like you alluded to has done wonders for both brands. And we've been able to help thousands of people together, which is amazing. Um, But as I think about the next 30 steps, I guess, I'm thinking about how do we become that holistic brand of anytime you have any sort of issue or concern or um, need that we can be there to support you and that we can be there to care for you. And it's it's product, it's uh, community, it is um, being able to build our overall business. Um, I think it's thinking about global now, like we've started to grow to the point where we're um, in talks with various countries of working with them. Um, and I think it's, Continuing that crazy idea, I guess that I had seven years ago of I want to help each and every person, and regardless of whether you're um, on the front lines in a pandemic, or you have a pick line, or you're um, you have diabetes, or I'm a tennis player and I get tendinitis in my shoulder, and being able to help um, people like that, I think it's it's what drives us forward in what we're always thinking about and thinking about how do you get in front of the right people and how do you, how do you help them and how do you let them know that you're here to provide whatever help and comfort and support that you get.
1: That's incredible. I love the, the, um, the line in the sand that you drew when it comes to fashion. Um, I'm in no way insinuating
0: that no. fast yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Is, is fast fashion. I think yeah. um, fashion industry would come at me Yes. You now you know, the gay community would come at me with a pitchfork. So yeah. people need to stand down, but, there is like a, there is two types of fashion. There's, you know, utility and then there and function. And then there's obviously the, you know, the other side of it, runway and and things like that. Why can't those things coexist? And I I feel like that's what you did with Oscar de la Renta with that line. We actually, not only
0: with them, but um, as, when we redid the patient gown, our partnership with Parsons School Design, we actually, So, 10% of the profit of the sale of every gown goes towards creating a scholarship at Parsons focused on innovation and design in healthcare. And the idea there was I don't want those that are going to the world's leading fashion school to feel like they only have to design for the runway. I want them to be motivated and excited to. Um, to build for healthcare. And I joke that, hey, look, this is helping us um, find future designers to come work with us as well. And it's now played out actually where one of the initial students from that class is a full-time employee on our product team here at oh, Wire, awesome. which is so exciting for us, but um, it's really motivating people to know that you can think more broadly about fashion. You can think more broadly about what can you do to help those in need. Um, and it's hopefully gonna be able to make some small of a difference at the least.
1: Awesome. Um, Chad, my last question to you is, what advice, I know you got a quite a bit of a, advice, mm-hmm. um, as you were starting out, but what advice would you wish um, someone gave you when you first had this idea, Um, when the product was, you know, in the infancy, when you, you looked at that sock and you said, oh my God, I can do this better. Yeah. Uh, What advice do you wish you got? Yeah. um... Or what advice would you give someone that has, you know, this idea right now? Maybe they're listening. Hopefully they're listening. Yeah. Uh, What advice would you give them about their crazy idea?
0: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a cliche. So apologies in advance for everyone listening, but it's you can't be scared to move forward. And even if people tell you it's really, really dumb, don't don't take it personally, but rather ask that question of, okay, what makes it a bad idea? What do you not like about it? What could I do to improve? And I go back to thinking about the pick line cover from a normal sleeve, I guess, or like running band, if you will, or compression sleeve to now our cover with the mesh window, or I go to our patient gowns, which have evolved over time. And now it's fully reversible, hundred percent polyester. Um, so it doesn't wrinkle and it drives more quickly, like try and understand what can you do to make what your crazy idea is better and ask people for help. And I think that that's one thing that most people are scared of doing is going to people and asking them for help. And it's one thing that I'm thankfully very good at. I know that I'm not the smartest one in the room and my goal in fact is always to be the dumbest one in the room. And so whatever I can do to ask other people and to, to get them um, to get them to help, I think is one thing that I'm, I'm never afraid to do. And so I think that that at the end of the day is kind of my number one piece of advice and feedback and is, that you never know what someone's going to say if you don't reach out to them and ask. And I think that that's how we've been able to create amazing partnerships with like Oscar. That's how we're working with so many amazing hospitals is not being afraid to reach out and say, what What can we do, how can we help?
1: I love what they're doing there. Chat and his team have set up an amazing brand that's going to keep developing new ways to serve. If you need to find a great-looking, highly functional healthcare apparel product, go to KarenWear.com. And with that, we close out another episode. Maria, as always, thank you for taking my call. Objects is a Ship Hero product, produced by Matt Schmiel. Theme music by Yeti Music. If you have an object you want us to profile, send a note to me, your host, John Joaquin, to pitch at shiphero.com I promise to read every pitch that comes in. We're always on the lookout for a new object to cover To get more info and episode details and more links to the stuff that we talk about visit shiphero.com objects Until next episode take care, be safe and stay curious